You're listening to Damage Boost, the best gaming podcast you've ever heard, as long as you've never heard another gaming podcast. On the show, I'll be talking to other players, streamers, artists, and creators about what makes gaming more than a hobby, but a beautiful art and an activity that brings together communities around the world. Let's jump into it. And today we have one of my favorite streamers, Otz. You may know him from uh, streaming Dead by Daylight and his YouTube channel. How are you today, buddy? Hello, Brog. I'm happy to be here. I'm doing good. Good. So I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, before we get too into the interview, uh, I just wanted anybody to know who hasn't watched any of your stuff before, he is kind of the beacon of positivity I think gaming needs. Uh, you are like the nicest person when you stream, and even uh, us setting up this interview and stuff like that, you've just been an absolute joy to communicate with, and I think it's such a good thing, especially for the Dead by Daylight community, which can get pretty toxic at points. Well, thank you very much. I think uh, credit where credit is due. I think there's a lot of other content creators that are also incredible, that are super kind, super nice and perhaps i've just been lucky to be a little bit more in the spotlight lately but i just you know i don't want to let that one slip there's a lot of people out there that make this community incredible anybody you want to shout out uh real quick oh uh, for example i think brother cope is a fantastic uh, brother under uh, yeah under slash uh, cope I think is an incredible streamer. He always is calm, collected. There's Norwegian Muffin, there's Meows. There's so many streamers that I watch that are just super kind. There's a stream dad underscore uh, who plays super nice, plays super cool, plays with his community. There's there's Tofu. There's so many people that I, that I could begin to shout out that are super, super nice. And I hope they get the recognition as well. But thank you so much for having me, Brock. Yeah, I'm, I'm real excited. Uh, so let's hop back in the way way back machine and kind of talk about gaming for you as a kid what games if any did you play kind of growing up and uh you know what what or who sparked your interest in video games um i guess just like many of us uh, i had a cousin or a brother with a console or a game boy that i touch every now and then and it was you know kids love uh mario and stuff like that i think the first real console that i had and the first real game that I owned that was mine, uh, it was Resident Evil 3. And at the time, I was very, very little. The game scared me so much. <laughs> it scared me. Yeah, it scared me a lot. Uh, and I remember playing it. There's a scene not too far into the game where the main villain is chasing after you. And you hear a window break. And two seconds later, he just bursts through the wall. And I remember being little and hearing the window break and just turning off the console right there and then. I think it took me like years to beat that game. <laughs> it was so terrifying. But yeah, that's probably like one of the big uh, things that got me into into games. Just trying to to overcome my fear. Because I was so, so little when this game came out. <laughs> so is that kind of what brought you towards games? Like, I know... Um... You're kind of known for Dark Souls as well as Dead by Daylight. Is so like, mm -hmm. kind of embracing the fear. What got you into those games? Um, 
I, I think there's not really an easy pattern to see. It's not like, oh, I played horror games when I was little and I've been playing horror games since. Uh, I've been playing all kinds of things. For example, um, a game picked my interest when, when I was also quite little. It was called Armor Core. It was made by the same company oh, as I love Dark Armor Souls. Core. Armor Core is great. I yes. loved it. Being able to like switch parts and create a robot from like the ground up with uh, being able to customize all kinds of things. It was really interesting. So I loved those games for a long time. And then eventually I noticed Demon Souls that was made by the same company. And I never ended up buying it. And then I noticed there was another game similar called Dark Souls from the same company. And I was like, you know what? This company probably does. Uh, yeah, they probably create good games. I'm going to check it out. And you know what? I'm going to buy a little recorder to maybe make videos about it. And that's how I started my YouTube channel. Quite literally. Just, just on a whim. It's, and that's it, how I started making Dark Souls videos. Yeah. Just on a whim. You're just like, I'm going to try this one time. And you're... And that was it. That's just how you got into it. That that was pretty much it. And you know, there's there's more story to it. I always thought, oh, I'm just gonna make videos about one or two things that I enjoy about the game. My personality is never gonna be a part of it, you know. And for probably a couple of years of me making videos, or a year at least of me making videos, I it was just some uh, pretty average videos. Nothing nothing where my personality shined or anything like that. Uh, until one day I just decided to make a really silly video that just made fun of the game and it was all kinds of sarcastic and, and silly and people reacted really well and it was really, really fun. And since then I started to put my personality a bit more into the videos and a community started to grow around it and it was it was quite nice and you could probably trace everything I do now back to those moments. So you said that you kind of just did it on the whim. At what point did you realize that it really was going to be something you could do for a living? Oh, oh! I it took me a long time to see the potential in it. I think for the longest time, all of my videos were demonetized. Like I did not monetize any of them. Oh. I yeah no I just I just thought yeah no advertisements nothing. I just wanted people to enjoy them. Uh, however, when I finish my college degree. And I just started to put a bit more time because, you know, I had been busy. So I, I managed to put a bit more time and my videos came out nice and the views were racking up. I thought to myself, well, you know, this is generating uh, quite a bit of traffic. Why don't, we, why don't we give the money that this makes to charity? And that's what I did for the first few months. I monetized my videos. I kept uploading. And the money for the first few months, at least, it went to charity. And That's amazing. I also, my my area, which at the time only had very limited access to internet, now had uh, optic fiber. So at the time, I also started streaming, and it was really exciting. And people came to the streams, and I made it like a weekly thing, and it was quite fun. And I think also at the time, I, it's it's around the time I did my face reveal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I guess it took a while, but yeah. And I also got a part-time job, and it, it was nice. It was it was quite nice. Eventually, I would realize that what I was doing on my streams and on my videos could be a job itself. And it was about half a year of working really, really hard on like a part-time job, but also my videos, but also my streams and, and stuff. And eventually, I made the decision to, to, to quit my part-time job and just do this full-time. And 
it was it was <laughs> I remember telling my dad, hey, I'm gonna quit my job. And he looked at me like, What are you thinking, child? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that's kinda a kind of a common theme among uh YouTubers and streamers that I've talked to is that like you know, not to sound all millennial on about it but you know they don't quite understand that it there's a lot of money to be had if you're good at it or if you know people find you interesting That's just like anything true. else it's it's you know it's capitalism if you could get paid to do it then do it oh the only issue i think some people have is when they begin they might be misguided they might think that if they start a youtube channel right now and their intent is to make money they'll be making amazing money in two weeks that's just not true i made videos for the for the love of art, for the love of whatever, for two years before I even considered monetizing them. And I streamed for like years before I, you know, before I got partner, before I got any donations, before any of that. If you go into this quote unquote business with the idea to make money and you put that ahead of everything else, you will most likely be disappointed. So it's it's no surprise that most streamers who who are successful or who actually make a living out of it didn't really plan on doing it. They just did what they loved and, you know, money came afterwards. That's that, how I see it anyway. That's definitely been a common theme. A lot of the YouTubers that I've talked to said, you know, you need to do it for a hobby. Like you said, minimum two years um, before you even start getting, you know, oh, I'm sure there's all kinds of exceptions. I'm sure there's yeah. like, there's like a 13 year old kid one day starts streaming and next day he's got a million subscribers. I'm sure there's all kinds of exceptions, but I have seen a lot of frustration and a lot of uh, newer creators who, you know, they invest in the best microphone, the best gaming chair, the best the lightning money can buy, the best everything. And then they're like, wow, YouTube won't even monetize my, my videos. And I have two subscribers on Twitch. Well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't want people to be set up for that kind of situation. So if anybody asks me, how do you, you know, how do you do this for a living? You don't do it for a living and just see what happens. That I could tell you for a fact that the podcasting world's very much the same thing. Oh, you I have to imagine. do it as a hobby. Yeah, it's it's no surprise. Like these, you have an ungodly amount of competition everywhere at once. You so, you just cannot compete with everyone, uh, and you cannot just start and and expect to to be at the top of anything. So, uh, I obviously at the beginning of the of the show, I said what I think sets you apart. Uh, what do you think ended up setting you apart and getting to where you are now? Well, that's one bloody good question. Well, thank you. I'm good for one a show. I don't think. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think there's any one thing that has set me apart. I, I don't think it's like. I think I've managed to adapt. I think that probably would be my best answer. When I played Dark Souls, I did events that other people didn't come up with. I did little live shows that other people didn't come up with. When I played Dead by Daylight, I tried doing things that other people didn't think of. I tried explaining things that many people needed to be uh, to hear explaining exp explanations for, but that weren't readily available elsewhere. So I tried to stand out in some way um, uh, at every point in my quote-unquote career, if you will. So I guess that's that's what sets me apart. That. I don't try to play the most popular game. I don't try to um, just do what everyone else is doing, but rather see what's missing, see what uh, what would be interesting to see, and, and try to pursue that. So, 
speaking of Dead by Daylight, uh, it's a game that I found on accident. Uh, I think it was free on PlayStation 4, and then it ended up coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And me and my buddy who actually who turned me on to you, uh, shout out Mr. Moser, um, he he and I play it all the time. And it when I first played it, I'll be honest with you, I hated it. Like, I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I hid in lockers the whole time. I was absolutely fucking terrified out of my mind. And I didn't, like, why am I doing these gins? Like, this killer keeps finding me. What are these perks? I don't understand it. I think I put it down for, like, two months. And my buddy Moser uh, ended up, who I co-stream with, ended up, like, figuring the game out, learning it, and teaching me how to play it. And it's an absolute blast. Um, but how did, how did you find it? And what, what about the game appealed to you to the point where I, you know, you make a lot of YouTube content along with your streams about the game. I have a friend, uh, his name is Ouroboro. Uh, he is a variety streamer. Um, we met through Dark Souls. I watched him play this game and I thought it was fun. I just, you know, I just watched him and I was like, come on, get him, get it. Yes. Oh no. He dropped a pallet on you. It was, it was, I didn't understand anything, but it was quite fun. So that's probably the first, uh, time I came in contact with the game. One of my viewers and a good friend of mine, Curve, he gifted me the game. And one day I tried it. I played with my viewers, some of whom were really, really experienced. And that was back when hooks wouldn't respawn. So I played a private game. Uh, I loaded in the match. Uh, everyone sabotaged every single hook in the map. So I couldn't <laughs> kill anything. And I thought, well, this is horrible. Well, this is awful. This is this game is disgusting. This is the most frustrating thing I've ever done. And I never touched it again. <laughs> <laughs> Until one day, I just decided to put it up on my own. And play it a little bit. And, you know, this time I actually played against people who were at my level. And I found, I found joy in it. I found, hey, this is interesting. And I think the thing that really appealed, me, appealed to me was like, oh, this, there's a lot of perks that you can mix and match. Every killer is different. Every map uh, is... Is different. Oh, and a new killer is coming out from the film Saw that I was like a big fan of. Oh, this is interesting. Well, yeah, this has this has my attention, and I played it on and off um, for for a few months without really being able to provide much because I was very new at the game. And in fact, back then I, I I I still found it quite frustrating. The game was a lot more broken than it is now, mind you. But um, one of the things that I think people expect is to jump on the game have a hundred hours and be able to be as common collected as someone who has like five thousand hours that's just not going to happen back then everything was very frustrating i didn't understand well how people could run me for so long why they wouldn't go down in one hit you know but with time and i guess eventually i got enough time like you, you you begin to understand it better and that's why you can be more calm about it and and enjoy it a little bit more so that was how I that's that's how I got into the game basically. So you were you were OG player where there was like almost no killers, hardly any survivors, and there was oh, I mean, no, the game was completely a, not, different. Not not at all. Like there's people who I've been playing since the launch in Ooh. 2016. I played late 2017, so no, I don't have nearly as many hours or across as many years as some people. Um, I did put a lot of hours in the past year, and I enjoy the game tremendously, and I'm a big fan. But nah, I wouldn't call myself one of the OG players at all. The 
what I get from watching your videos and your streams and what I think for me personally makes them super fun is that you're teaching the entire time. I don't know if that's intentional or it's just... I don't... uh, Obviously, when people point it out, you become aware of it. And if people tell you, hey, I learned how to play this killer thanks to you, or I learned how to, you know, do this technique thanks to you, then you become aware of it. But I, it's not something I went out of my way uh-huh. to do. And I think one of the things that influenced this um, this educational side of, of my gameplay is my Dark Souls challenge runs. Because when I, when I did challenge runs in Dark Souls, I needed to do a lot of research. I needed to learn how to do certain... Um, Think of it like a speedrun, right? You need to know the game inside out right. and everything you're doing needs to be there for a reason. And I would constantly explain what I'm doing. So I'm going to go to this area. I'm going to aim up here. I'm going to shoot at this and then I'm going to go back and now I'm going to rest at the bonfire. You know, I would explain everything. And I think that kind of mindset transitioned into that by daylight. When when I knew what I was doing, I would be like, okay, I'm going to chase a survivor uh, to make them go here. And I, I would just voice what was on my mind at the time. And it's not something I did as a conscious effort, but I guess people appreciate it because the game is so hard to get into for new players that uh, having someone voice what they think about, I think is useful. The the thing I definitely have taken away, because I play uh, pretty much Survivor because I play with my buddy mm-hmm. um, and I'm got off a killer, but one thing I learned from watching you is the tricks that killers do to get you drop pallets early and mm-hmm. how they'll, they'll back up and keep looking at you so you think, you know, you see the red, so you oh, drop yeah. the pallet. And I've, I did that for, God, I've been playing six, seven months, I think. And probably up until the last month when I really started getting into your, your content, I was like, oh, shit, I, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like, they've been all playing me. And oh, now no, that... that's that that's fine. Like, I can know about these techniques. And I when I play Survivor, I still fall for them because there's so little you can do. You never yeah. know if the killer that you're facing is just playing a very basic following a very basic strategy or if they're actually trying to trick you into doing something it's it's quite difficult and that's that's what makes this game so enjoyable it it kind of i don't know if you played sports growing up but it kind of it's almost like that you have to make the read reads during the game like of a defense or you know where the killer or survivor what yeah, strategy absolutely. you think absolutely. they're doing absolutely. in the moment mm-hmm. and you need to know are they gonna bluff are they gonna play to to their strengths are they saving it up the resources for later yeah yeah you need to do a lot of guessing at the time and and do it on the spot i, I think that adds another layer to the game because on its surface it's it's simple and complex at the same time and but adding that little bit of like real-time strategy to it i think has kept it fresh for me personally yeah i agree i don't think if it wasn't for that aspect of human interaction of what is he going to do? What does he think that I think that I think that he thinks that I think he's going to do and that back and forth, back and forth, (laughs) back and forth. If it wasn't for that, I feel like this game would be a lot more shallow. Uh, I have like 2000 hours plus and there's people who have 5,000 hours plus or more and they're still learning new things and I'm still learning new things. And it's all because, you know, people keep coming up with new ways to play it. So we'll we'll jump into what I think might be... the negative part of the game and then we'll go on to the good stuff because you don't want to write in with the bad uh sure one issue i've run into more because i don't play the game super seriously i play it my my buddy moser have i mentioned mm-hmm. uh he's more of the expert and i kind of just follow his direction i'm i'm the beta to his alpha if you will 
when we play. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, I will make more risky plays. Like he kind of sticks to the book, and mm-hmm. um, you know I'll make the more risky plays on trying to bait a killer or maybe hooks unhook someone a little bit, you know, close to the chat to the vest. And I, I get a lot of messages of people telling me to kill myself, which it wasn't that bad when I first started playing. That's but they've been more frequent lately. Uh, uh, and um, if you use the Dead by Day subreddit at all, it yeah. seems like it's, it's more survivors seem to be super toxic. And I well, the I, thing about survivors is that there's there's four of them. So if a killer is a complete bellend and he's extremely nasty, it's one person. But if a group of survivors decides to do the same, it's four. And if these people are friends, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna ride on each other's uh, negativity and toxicity. So yeah, you can have like a like, and you know, we've we've all seen it in our games and other people's. We've all seen four survivors who are just absolutely terrible, absolutely disgusting in the post game chat and say all kinds of things. I've seen you know streamers get raided. Um, uh, Racial slurs get thrown around like it's nothing. I guess the the anonymity of the internet allows you to do that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I'm I'm quite disappointed to see some things like that. And, you know, I know it's unfortunately part of any fandom where the idiots are going to be the loudest uh, when it when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What I've started doing, just because it seems to piss them off and it usually gets in the stop sending messages, is I just yeah. make up non like non nonsense stories that I'll start sending them like. Oh yeah, fairy tales yeah, or something. I'll just start typing that in. That's definitely be... the way to go. Um, the The best way to deal with people that want to get a reaction out of you is to not give them that. Just just show that it doesn't it doesn't face you. That you're not bothered by it in the slightest. Yeah, by all means, you can just close the game chat or you can just tell them uh, to fuck off very politely. <laughs> that's what I that's what I would do. So for any of your. Uh, followers who listen to this episode be positive in that game if you play it try to be the change that you want to see in the community so it can still be a fun game and that they won't treat people who are still learning the game like shit because i i hate when people get pissed off like when the game's free to play for a weekend it it does it doesn't make any sense Uh, we've all we've all started playing with zero hours and not knowing anything at all and we all, even with a lot of hours, we all make mistakes. We all have lapses in judgment. Um, it's one thing to call out things if you want to. I, I, just imagine that you're facing that person face to face. And then you probably wouldn't say horrible things. You, you might be pissed. You might be, why did you do this? Uh, you, might, you might say things like that. But you wouldn't say some of the things that you constantly hear in the, in the post-game chat of this game. But then again, that's probably human nature and no game that I know is free of at least some of this. So right. I don't think this is a dead by daylight issue, but rather just, a, you know, people getting disconnected from reality and being digital gangsters issue. True, true, true. So let's move on to the, the positive stuff about the game. I am a huge fan of the subreddit. I think for the most part, they're all, they try to foster the, the positivity we talked about. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the sexy killer daddy Myers memes like they always make <laughs> me laugh and another thing that happened uh yesterday I, I i usually check on the sub once a day you were the top post is 
have you uh, do you go on the subreddit and if you do uh, is it like weird to see you pop up on there all the time i've been browsing it um i wouldn't say daily but almost daily for like a year or a year and a half because you know i like to follow the news i like to see the the occasional shit posts uh, get inspired <laughs> and stuff yeah I, I browse it all the time and yes i i did see it yesterday and it is it is very weird i'm not gonna lie the first few times you it puts the biggest smile on your face and it's very it's very warm and i am very grateful for the love that many people show like you feel very validated and that's wonderful but it's also outside of your control you don't decide when these posts go up you don't decide when they when they get upvoted or anything and when it happens a few times you also get a bit of a of an imposter syndrome where it's like wow these people you know they're, they're saying this incredibly nice things about me and you almost feel like they're 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 seeing an idolized version of you that does that can't really live up to reality right and when you're on the spotlight in such a way you you do get insecure you do get self-conscious and you understand that you're under a lot of scrutiny anytime a post like that goes on reddit i have to read comments like Oh, but he actually camped my friend seven years ago in that <laughs> one game that he did this. So he's not that nice. It's like, uh, uh, you know, so while I am very grateful and these things put a smile on my face, I also, you know, I also don't want to encourage it. And I also don't want people to forget about other creators that also do great things that also deserve a lot of love and who should also get a bit of a spotlight in my opinion so yeah being just browsing and seeing my face there uh, it's at the same time a very wonderful thing but also very off-putting and nerve-wracking sometimes what's your favorite uh kind of shit post that you see oh. on the subreddit oh damn how do you classify them i don't know i i <laughs> like i like the fact that people make sometimes they make short videos uh and they could be making putting this on youtube but they just put them on the subreddit and they'll they'll just make a little edit uh of like a film with like characters overimposed. Yeah, like just just the little oh, yeah. videos. <laughs> like there was one not that long ago. Um, it was a, I think it was the final scene in the, the Beauty and the Beast. And it was like uh, superimposed with like uh, with the survivor and the and the killer side. It was it was really really funny. <laughs> Things like that. They, that abs they absolutely make my day. Yeah, it was it was really really funny. <laughs> I I'm gonna have to go back and find that one. Uh, oh, that one that one's my great. One, but... I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember the username, but he you you see the beast and the and the villain fighting, and the villain uh, tries to stab the beast with the decisive strike, but <laughs> then he dies to the end game tower. It was so funny. There's a uh, one when the the Demogorgon first came out, and it's the all the survivors were like kind of making a beat with the screams from the portal. And he pops out and he gets ready to attack him, and then he realizes that they're making the, uh, they're kind of making music with their screams. And you see the guy, whoever's playing as the Demogorgon, start, yeah, uh, doing like a headbanging rock thing, and yeah. it's like going with it. And it was, I still haven't yeah, saved on my phone. Things like that are, are hilarious, yeah. and, and props to the people that put put in the time to make those. Yeah, I appreciate it. you guys. Always make my day. Who, uh, if anybody who does any of those shit shit posts listens to this, so with that, with talking about the Demogorgon. There's been a lot of DLC to the game, uh, which for me, I, I don't mind paying for it since it is an indie title. Like I will give lots of money to indie titles. I'm okay with that. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, I, I know you don't have to pick one per se, because I know all killers from watching your, your YouTube videos that all killers are good for different things. But, you know, if you weren't streaming, you weren't making a video, and you're just going to play killer because you feel like it, who do you select? Ooh. I think my choice would be the plague. The plague is, I think it's a very balanced killer. It has a powerful ability, but that rests on the on the actions of survivors, which I think is very fascinating. She can be very consistent. Uh, her add-ons are fun and for the most part, well-designed. She's not ridiculously strong, but she's also not too weak. She's got things going for her. And each and one of her perks, I think is amazing. Uh, Corrupt Intervention is a very healthy perk, in my opinion. Uh, Infectious Fright is a disgustingly good perk. And even Dark Devotion is, is one of my favorites. I really like it as well. So, yeah, i probably pick the play because she's got a little bit of everything. How do you feel about her nickname? Um, I have used it in the past. <laughs> uh, I am not ashamed. I think it's cute. At first, <laughs> uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, the, the Vami Mami uh, references, it used to make me, like... I, I don't know why, it's just, I know, like, a lot of of my female friends hate the word panties. Like, it just makes them feel weird and, like, hair stand up. Oh. And Vami Mami made me feel that way for the longest time. It's just like, oh, this is so weird. I don't like that, but. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I've become numb to it, so I can, because uh, my, my buddy, who we've talked about a little bit, uh, plays as the plague uh, a lot lately so when i watch him play he's constantly dropping that name and so i i think i just finally got used to it mm-hmm. uh, so oh, let's cool. let's flip this the script and again you're you're not streaming you're not making a video you're playing okay. as a survivor who's your pick Ooh. um i'm not so sure i i, I think i probably go for fang i i like fang um if I didn't have her for free, I would. I probably would have bought her. I like all of her perks too. I think they're quite underrated. And what I like about Feng is that all her three perks you could run together, and they have good synergies with each other. And yeah, she's probably my favorite. Uh, you got an exhaustion perk, Life, to run away from the killer. Uh, a perk that helps you avoid the punishment for missing a skill check, which for beginners I think is fantastic. And it also reduces the noise of your generator repairs, which is something that people don't realize. Um, and then alert, which is another amazing perk if you're playing solo. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that's that'll probably be my pick, Fangman. So for me personally, uh, I I love Nancy, and there's not a good reason for it. I just love Stranger oh, no, Things, not, not, so I, I just great. use her. And I also like uh, oh god, I'm such a bad Dead by Daylight player. I cannot remember the perk where you can heal by getting in the locker after cleansing a totem. Oh yeah, that's inner strength. Her inner strength, perk. yes. Uh, yeah, so really I'm a huge fan of that. I also do enjoy Steve, although I feel like he got the I, short end of the stick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're fine, but for the way I play, which is, you know, more beta E, as I said earlier, more. Yeah, like, no, no, you're, you're, yeah. you're right. It is, it is a bit of a shame. I think one of the, one of the issues for survivors, killers, here's the thing. They have. They have really good perks and really, really bad perks. But sometimes if you bring a strong add-on, or if you're playing a strong killer, or if you go to a good map, you can bring a bad perk and still have fun. Right. Uh, survivors, they, you know, they, they're often a lot more limited, especially if they play solo. They need the absolute best perks they can. 
and there's like five good perks for survivors okay i'm exaggerating a bit but there's like five good perks and like 500 perks that are completely garbage and that are so situational or so weak that they never have an incentive to use them it's like babysitter for example it's a right. really strong it's a really strong perk but it works it's it has such flimsy conditions to work yeah and that is something that i think we talked about how i uh didn't play it very much at the beginning the fact that some perks like you said are flimsy they are super fucking awesome yeah but you know they may only work once every 15 matches that you exactly play. There's, a, there's a lot of conditions that happens to some killer perks as well and there was there was a, a discussion on reddit recently where this point was brought up and it's it's really sad it's like you need to down a survivor but you also need to be within 32 meters of this and they also it's survivor perks uh, suffer from this a lot for example, uh, the perk Autodidact, it gives you a bonus to healing speed, but only if you've gotten some skill checks, and only if you continue to get the skill checks. But if you're playing against the Plague, then obviously you don't get to use it. Right. And if you're playing against a one-shot killer, you probably don't get to use it either. And if you're using a medkit, then it doesn't work. And if you're running self-care, it doesn't work with self-care. There's so many conditions. And I think that's what makes the... If you play killer, you'll realize at high level, especially that you always see the same six or seven perks shuffled up one way or another. So if, if somebody's coming fresh to the game, uh, what are like, let's say your top three picks for a beginner? Because we talked about how the game can be overwhelming at, at mm -hmm. first. So what are like top three that you would say to help someone kind of ease their way into it? Okay, what, what, what are we picking? Goes. Characters, perks? Or I'm gonna say, uh, I would say character and perks for survivors. Because I think typically people play, at least my experience mm -hmm. from people who I've tried to get into the game, they, they do survivors first. Oof, that's a good one. I would probably advise Feng. Feng has three useful perks for beginners. Uh, lie to run away, alert to have information on the killer, and know when to be on a gen, when to go for the rescue and she's also got a technician for the for the skill checks so that would probably be my first pick alternatively you could go for meg she also has a an exhaustion perk in the form of spring burst she has quick and quiet which is useful and adrenaline which is a very strong perk so i would pick one of uh, uh, a character like my second character would probably be bill bill right now has three amazing perks uh, unbreakable is really good uh borrow time is still one of the best perks in the game and yes. the new left behind to find a hatch, I think, is also very useful because there will be many situations where you're the last guy al alive and you want to find it. And it will help you understand where the hatch spawns so that when you don't run the perk, you know when to where to look for it. So, yeah, I'll probably go towards towards something like that. Bill was my, my guy before the Stranger Things DLC because I was also a huge, huge Left 4 Dead fan. And it just happened that he has good perks, like you said. But mm -hmm. just on the character alone, I love Bill. Yeah, and for for a third character, you can just do, you can just go to whichever character you like. There's a lot of them we have that have a lot of interesting things on the table. You could go for Dwight, which has Bond to help you find teammates and prove thyself to do gens faster. Uh, you could go for Kate, who has Windows of Opportunity, which is a very underrated perk uh, to help you navigate around the map and know where to find safety. Yeah, I probably recommend something like that. And uh, how, about, how about you? What would you what would you pick? Oh, as your, as your so first I was, and this is gonna, this is gonna sound dirty, 
but I was a Claudette main for the majority of my, my playing career before I really figured out how to play the game. Oh, that's uh, fine. Because <laughs> I was like, I I'm a huge pansy. I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. So like, I I get scared still. I've put in a lot of hours in the game. I still get like jump scared a lot. So when I first started playing, I would have Claudette, and I would you know, since you could heal yourself with her, I would heal myself and hide constantly. Um, so if you want to just survive and kind of get a feel for how like watching how other people do it in game i guess mm-hmm. she was pretty good oh, yeah. but for the free characters i guess bill's technically free now um yeah but i was i liked meg uh, i liked that a lot of the speed stuff and adrenaline that you get pretty pretty early mm-hmm. and that for me because i was always running because like i said i'm kind of a giant pansy um so for me it would be meg i would say the start that's that's really good i think the thing with springburst is that uh, Springburst is bad for beginners because they walk everywhere and they waste a lot of time sometimes. Right. Then it becomes kind of good when you know how to use it. Then it becomes kind of bad when you know how to use other exhaustion perks better. Right. But then when you're really, 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 really good, it becomes good again. <laughs> when you know how to manage your exhaustion and keep your Springburst on command, Springburst is like disgustingly good. In fact, I've seen some of the better survivors. Uh, who work in like a team use it very very effectively so it's a good perk to have same with adrenaline by all means you can't go wrong with meg i i also like that you can uh get the zoe costume for her from left for dead like Ooh, right and uh, like i said i'm a huge left for dead fan i'm still waiting for the third one even though it's never gonna happen <laughs> so i if i do run her it's always as the with the zoe costume so uh what about killers for beginners um Ah, uh, you need to okay we didn't mention that for survivors but as a killer you need the points to get different mm-hmm. perks you really need them uh anybody you ask they will tell you cannibal leatherface is the best killer to start with just for his perks and they're not wrong you should level up cannibal he's a very simple killer uh the powers doesn't have a lot of nuance to it so i i recommend cannibal for in terms of gameplay and also in terms of the perk which will double your blood points if you use it correctly um, it's a shame that the second best killer to learn is probably the Wraith. The Wraith has an easy time finding people, tracking, and you're never going to be looking for people for like 10 minutes with the Wraith. You're always going to be doing something, which is good. But his perks at the moment are terrible. Yeah. So he's, he's not an amazing killer to, to go for teachables. So I would probably recommend, I would probably still recommend Wraith after Cannibal. And after that, you could maybe even go for one of the DLC characters. The Pig, for example, is a great character. Comes with some cute perks. Can stall the game without ruin. Um, I would probably go. Yeah, I would probably recommend one of the one of the characters that you're interested in from the DLCs. So I, when I first started playing Killer, I started as Trapper. Uh, I because I was ter- like I could not track people. I was. I just could not find anybody. So, but I did know like, Hey, this is the common places where people are going to jump or, mm-hmm. you know, this is where people are not going to be looking down where they're going to a generator. So I, that helped me kind of, cause I played survivor so much. I'm like, well, I know what I would do in this situation. I'm going to put a trap here. So I guess if you start as survivor and you start to switch over to killer, I, I personally would say trapper is a pretty decent one. Not, not in terms of 
Yeah, like yeah, you, points, but, but you you said it you said it yourself though. You need to play a bit of Survivor, and you need right. to understand how survivors move and how the map uh, flows and where people are gonna go. The problem with Trapper is that uh, first of all, if you've never played Survivor, you have no idea which windows they're gonna use or which pads they're gonna use. And the second, I think, biggest problem is that he's one of the killers with the most amount of counterplay in the game. And I'm I'm very aware of everything. If I go into a match, I can probably tell, oh, this guy has dead heart. Oh, yeah, that guy's holding a map that can see my traps. Oh, this guy uh, is looking at me with object of obsession. He's going to come and disable all my traps. Oh, these guys are hiding behind this hill. They're seeing me place this trap down and they're going to disable it. But as a beginner, that's really overwhelming. You don't like you're setting a trap in a perfectly good spot, and you don't understand how someone could find it, uh, or you don't understand why someone could, you know, trigger all of your traps with a map. And you, yeah, it's it's a difficult killer to adapt to when you're up against better and better players. But at the beginning, I think it's a it's another great killer as well, and he's got some really good teachables. So, how how much of the lore for like characters and the game do you read or are you just more on the game side of it i know i actually i'll never make videos about the lore but i i actually quite enjoy it i've read all the characters and when the archives drop i'll probably read through all of it and soak up the information and even though it doesn't really affect the gameplay very much no i i find it quite fascinating i say i uh, i agree i i wish they would make a netflix series off of the game and you could do like two or three killers a season because I, oh. right. I I would watch that show. I don't think you could do a movie because I think there's too much. No, to it. You're, you're right. No, you're right. Maybe an episodic kind of thing would be best. Um, so I guess my question would be if you had to pick, if they, let's, let's throw out the TV show. idea. let's say they're going to make a dead by daylight movie. You have to, and they're like, all right, odds. Mm-hmm. We're having you pick the killer that you think has the most compelling story for us to tell. Oh, I, backstory, I, I, and to not watch. E- it's Chasing. not even close. It's not even close. It's there is a killer that I think has the best backstory and the coolest, um, the coolest um, story behind it. And I think that's the clown. The clown has the coolest story by far. What, what about the clown story? Uh, like it brings you in. Um, I like the fact, okay, you, you start with, you know, with a child who belongs to like a broken home and so on. And that's, that's pretty standard. That's pretty vanilla. That's pretty cliche, but I, I like, I like his evolution. He is a gentle kid and he has a brush with death. Basically he, he, he tries to, uh, uh, capture a bird. I think the first time uh, with anesthetics and then at that moment he realizes that the bird's life is in his hands and that gives him like a rush and it kind of corrupts him in a way and he murders someone and he escapes home and he keeps murdering people but he's in a he's in a circus caravan so people you know his crimes always go unsolved I think I think it's quite I think it's quite fascinating. So if I remember correctly, I think he kills like his dad, right, or something I like think that. He, he, I, first... I, I forgot, but yeah, he might have killed his dad before he before he left. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now his is really good. Um, one I also really liked, but I think it might be too close to kind of like how they just did the Joker movie, is uh the Wraith or Bing Bong, if you will. Yeah. I like that his was like he's just a dude that came to America there, trying yeah, to make a yeah, good you, life. Yeah, it it feels like his story has many pieces that are missing because yeah. 
like you, th there is a moment where he realizes he's been tricked and he's been murdering people, and he goes on on a rampage, as you assume, and then he yeah. becomes a and then he becomes a ghost, and whatever happened in between, we just don't know. So yeah, a, a film a film that would fill in those gaps, I think, would be quite interesting. So yeah, so we're I I I'm with you on the clown though. I forgot how like how he kind of started out really as a as you said a gentle gentle soul and just like accidentally taking a, a life of an animal mm -hmm. which is kind of like you know it's almost similar to it depends on what lore you follow but the uh rob zombie michael myers movies, yeah yeah no it's a, it's a it's a very common thing with um i think it's a it's a common trope with, with psychopaths and so on that they'll, they'll have like a child experience like that that just like gives away uh how they work and how twisted they are and I also like the fact that he's a he's a very athletic, like he had a lot of potential. He was a very athletic um, individual when he was young, but no one could get him to join a sports team or anything. And seeing that potential go to like murder and stuff, I think it's I think it's fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I kind of want to go back and read his lore again after after we're done here. That there is a lot of layers to it. And I think that's kind of one of the things that since like you said, it doesn't really affect the game at all. Mm -hmm. but the lore is pretty fucking interesting all around like oh you can used... you can tell you can tell that at some point they started hiring um i forgot her name but they they hired like a like a proper sc uh, screenwriter who did the lore for the for the characters and you, you you can tell that the if you read the descriptions that at some point they begin to get more and more complex and longer and longer and you can tell that they 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 upped their game a bit and like I like that they're all they're all not just like evil. That like there are layers to it. Like the plague was just kind of, you know, she was so desperate to oh, yeah. for there to Absol be a god Absol basically. Absolutely, that and she... I I think that's what makes each killer interesting. That it's not like oh it's murder guy number one, yeah, evil murder guy number two, evil murder. No, like each killer is complex, and and eventually people find the killer that they resonate with. Right. Um, the only, the only a, killer lore I don't like is Legion. That's the only story I'm just kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, it, it also feels a bit incomplete. It's like, yeah. oh, we stopped someone. Oh, now we're murderers. It, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't it, make a lot of sense. <laughs> it, it screams like rich white kids that are bored type deal. And like, yeah. that's just like, you can't feel sympathy at all for them. You're just kind of like, oh, these people are just rich, bored assholes. Like, screw them. I know, like, he, I think the main guy is supposed to be, like, come from orphanage or whatever. Yeah, but still, yeah, it's, kinda... it's like the mastermind a bit, but it, it truly doesn't make a lot of sense. But I guess that it's also, uh, oh, they're corrupted by the entity and that's it. Yeah. It's... So that... I, I guess that's the thing that, um, that bridges the gap between murdering a janitor and now being a mass murderer. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rickety bridge at best, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so before we kind of wind down, I just kind of want to throw some rapid-fire random questions at you just to okay. get to know different things about you. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, Old Boy, uh, a Korean film from 2003. It's about a man who is in prison in, uh, in what looks like a hotel room for 15 years. And then suddenly he is out and he needs to find out why he was in prison for 15 years very fascinating not for the faint of heart but very fascinating film do you know the? do you remember the name of it um, yeah off, old, but... uh, old boy 
Oh boy. Old okay. boy. All, all together okay. from the year 2003. Do not watch the American remake. It's it's very it's terrible. Just watch yeah, the original with subtitles. Most American remakes are really bad. Even of uh, if it was films. if it was anywhere near as good, I would happily recommend it as well. But yeah, don't watch the watch the original. Uh, what what TV shows are you currently watching when you're you're hanging out? Ooh, um, I, I I'm gonna be honest. I don't watch a lot of them. I think the last one I watched was the latest season of Prison Break because I was a big fan of the of the first seasons. It was quite underwhelming, but eh, it was a good time. The uh, if you go back in my episodes, uh, Emily Blake worked on the first season of Prison Break. She was on my show. Are you serious? Well, that's yeah. fantastic. She wow. was a uh, script supervisor, I th- I believe, for that show. She's well, done. A, she does a bunch of different like. Well, she did. A, she shows. did a beautiful job. Um, you know, uh, the first seasons of Prison Break, especially the first one, was incredible. Like a really solid show. If you've never watched it, you owe it to yourself to watch Prison Break. Yeah, it was uh, the first season for sure. I um, I remember being excellent. I don't think I watched after that though. No, the second season I thought was pretty great. The The third one, it was hit by the... Um, you might remember that back in the day, the the, the script writers had a, had a bit of a riot. And oh, they wanted better conditions. So they this, went on a strike. And yeah. and yeah, it was affected by it. And the fourth and fifth, they, they kind of stretched the story a little bit too thin. But they're still watchable. Uh, I, would, I would heavily recommend the first one, at least. All right, so... Your favorite food, like that you make yourself. You're hanging out at home. Just Ooh. want to make something. Um, I would probably make some quick noodles, but my favorite one <laughs> is my is my very own paella. It's a Spanish uh, recipe. It's basically you know rice right. with chicken or some other stuff. I I keep it super simple. It's like fried rice. It's really good. And so let's say we're gonna do another hypothetical here. Okay. Uh, they're make they they wanted. They're trying to figure out the next DLC killer for Dead by Daylight. They're coming to you. They say, again, odds. We have all these properties, all these people with these IPs. They want to be in our game. But we want you to pick the next killer from an intellectual property. Like, you know, uh, not to influence your decision, but like Candyman, Mm -hmm. Pinhead from Hellraiser. What's the one you pick and why? Uh, That's a good one. I'm sure that if I put a bit more time, I'd come up with a better answer. But... There is a, fi- I think it's two films. Uh, they're called The Collector and The Collector 2. Those are so they, good. Those films imp- had a great impact on me. I really, really liked them. And I think the idea behind them was really, really fancy. It's a film, like, it's heavily influenced by Saw. And it's about this maniac who basically, like, rigs up an entire house with traps. And uh, if you've seen them, you probably know something about them. You can maybe explain yes. a bit more. But yeah, something in that vein, I think, would tickle my fancy quite quite a bit. It, it felt more like early Saw, though. Like Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's what made it good. It wasn't like a super complex film with 500 characters and this ridiculous plot twist. It was more visceral and much more simple. And it was really good. It felt... It felt uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. I don't want to say realistic. That's not really what I'm going for. But it, like you felt claustrophobic or like you're exactly while watching it's it. such a it's such a powerful feeling just wanting to get out of a place that you know is bad and feeling for the characters and trying you know to be there with them that that, that film was very powerful yeah th- those are really underrated i'm uh, kind of shocked they're not talked about a little bit more 
I, I don't know why either, but yeah, maybe because it's a it's a bit of a cheap uh, knockoff, but it's I, I honestly think it's better. I yeah. quite enjoy them. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd happily I'd happily uh, like to see something like that in the game. And uh, what favorite song right now? Oh, my favorite song right now. Oh, you see, I listen to to very little music. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, but... me too. <laughs> Once you get over 30, uh, you kind of just listen to talk radio. I think you have to genetically. I I don't know if I can I don't know if I can answer that question. I don't think I have a favorite right now. All right, well, I'll as, switch as, it as around. Bo- Podcast you'd recommend that isn't uh, Damage Boost because obviously you'd recommend that first. Oh well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I listened to one very recently that I thought was quite interesting. I thought it, uh, I believe it was called "Where You Raised by Wolves," and it's a podcast. Uh, held by um, by people who talk about etiquette and social norms and customs. And they'll go over things like, oh, so what is the appropriate thing to say in a letter to someone who was recently wed? Oh, yeah, you shouldn't say this. That's inappropriate. Or you shouldn't dress like this. Or you shouldn't do this at the table. And it's these things that um, many people don't really have a chance to learn by themselves that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, Where You Raised by Wolves. That's a podcast I can recommend. That actually sounds like a really cool idea. I never thought about yeah. that. So it, uh, is it like, do they kind of switch it around and talk about it? Like, this is the etiquette within this culture. Because, you know, like. Yeah, so they'll, they'll have an episode. They'll have an episode and they'll be like, okay, so today we're going to talk about how to reply to a business offer or this and that. And they'll go over mistakes and they'll have a funny uh, back and forth. It's like, really? Well, I do this all the time. Well, you're doing it wrong. This is how you do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. That's a, I, I'm like, I'm blown away. That's a really cool idea for a podcast. I, I know. I'm definitely going to check yeah, that out. Yeah, props to them. So uh, what game right now, and again, you're not streaming it. You're not going to make a video about it. But if you are just going to leisurely play a game right now, um, maybe one that's kind of, would shock people. They're like, oh, Ots plays that? What game would it be? Oof. I don't know if anything I would play would shock people, but... Hmm. One that I... That people probably wouldn't expect me to play? I like I like to play Call of Duty. Yeah. I like to play the the campaign or some shooter game. I, I enjoy things like that. I would also try out Code Vein, which is uh, an interesting game I haven't had time to check out yet. And the most unlikely game that people wouldn't ex- I, I would love to play the new pokemon as well <laughs> oh sword and shield yeah i haven't played one of the main pokemon games in years in years i'd love to play it so i i will divulge a little information for you uh so i i'm old and remembered i played the original red and blue on the game boy when it came right, out likewise yeah and uh Loved it, and as you know, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee has recently come out, or came out last year on the Switch, Right. and at first I was so like, oh, they're just rehashing this, and it's so simple, and ew, but I bought it, I started playing through it, <laughs> it is so fucking fun, and it, it doesn't, because I, I was dumb Can you play with other players and do like battles and stuff? Yes, you. It's, oh, that it's sounds, basically that sounds, you're playing through it. Fascinating, yeah, and yeah. like you can have someone on the other controller, and they battle with you. So you get to do you know two on two battles and stuff like that, which is absolutely. It's just so much fun. So like, I got three kids, and like we'll all we'll just rotate through me and my boys, just going through. Uh, you know, make battles. They have all the mm-hmm. same like you have to get on the is it the SS Anna? I think you have to get a ticket to after you turn Bill mm-hmm. back from the Pokemon, and it is 
so much fucking fun and like they change how you catch pokemon a little bit and again me being a, a miserable asshole was like why did they change things but it's actually super fun and it makes sense why they did the things the way you did it so if you if you're if you don't want to jump right into the new one that's coming out sword and shield i highly recommend picking up let's go pikachu or let's go eevee it's well, so I, much fucking fun i have fun. to just do that then <laughs> thank you uh yeah so uh i and i'm i'm a huge pokemon fan uh do you did you watch any of the shows growing up no no i never did actually Oh, you never watched the shows? I well, might have seen like one of the f- like uh, a few episode uh, odd episode here and there, but I never like followed them for long. No. Yep. Well, at the first season, Brock was one of the main characters, so obviously I was like, "His name's my name." This show is the best show. Yeah. <laughs> I was a very very simple child. <laughs> All right, so this has been amazing, man. I've had an absolute blast talking with you. Um. I hope I can have you on again sometime. Uh, maybe talk more Dead by Daylight or even, you know, other games that are coming up. We'll talk more Pokemon for sure. Thank you so yeah. much for having me, Brock. Do you have anything you want to plug before we, we get going? Uh, any videos you have coming out or any streams or oh, uh, like no, charity not, events? N- not quite. Uh, that's very kind of you to ask, though. No, um, I'm continuing working on a big Dark Souls 2 video about the big run that we did earlier this year. And that will be coming out of my main channel, hopefully in the next 15 years. But other than that, I'm, I'm just doing I'm just doing my thing, and I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here. All right, man. Uh, so just real quick before we go, I want to let ever, remind everyone that I am currently raising money for Extra Life with the guys from uh, the podcast Super GG Radio and Nintendo Main Podcast. We are I think about around six hundred bucks, and our goal is eight hundred. So if you go to Damage Boost Pod Twitter. Super GG, G, uh, that was hard to say. Super GG Radio's Twitter, or go to my my Twitch Damage Boost Podcast, uh, and go click on the Extra Life link below. Please donate. It's going to uh, sick kids. It's actually going to the hospital who helped uh, my twin boys when they were born premature. So like, I know it's going to a place that actually deserves the money. So definitely look into that. And uh, again, thank you, Ots, for joining me. It has been an absolute blast. Well, you're going to have to wait a minute because I'm going to follow that link right now. I'm going to donate right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll throw in some more filler. I am also going to be streaming this Sunday and next Friday, more Dead by Daylight. And actually, I've been getting into State Decay. I don't know if you've had a chance to play that game. but Yes, I have, actually. Aren't there like two games? Yes. Like... So I've been playing State Decay, too. Sorry. I should be okay, more specific. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I played the first one. It was interesting. The second one improves very much because when you're offline, the time doesn't keep going because that was a huge pain in the ass in the first one. You basically would have to get on every day. uh, Otherwise, everyone would die or be pissed off. Um, And they recently just added customized cosmetics. So you can go out and search and find different clothes and gear and, you know, a bunch of shit like that. And it is – it's actually, for whatever reason, added – for me, it's completely brought me back into it because – the character models are kind of bland after you've played the game as much as mm-hmm. I have and be able to customize them, give them like almost like a Kill Bill leather jacket outfit thing. It's kind of kind of got me back into it. So I definitely recommend that game for anybody who hasn't hasn't played it yet. All right. I'm paying right now and everybody else, please donate as well. That would be very sweet of you. Thank you so there much. You <laughs> I, I definitely appreciate it and... 
all the heart, amazing, amazing doctors and nurses and sick children. Definitely appreciate it. Because I can tell you for a fact, having had them help me and my, my family, they are they are absolute, absolutely is, wonderful people. That is that is wonderful to hear. I'm very, very happy. Well, it's just a small donation, but hopefully other people will chime in as well. Thank you so much again, Brock. It was a real pleasure. All right, everybody. Be good people.